can't relate to cancel culture, hookup culture, or victim culture? (laughs) Well, neither could we. We created this platform for those other girls. Girls like us who want to give a different perspective from a Christian and conservative worldview. We talk about life, work, relationships, and everything in between. Let's be those other girls that don't just talk about culture, but change culture and bring back traditional values. You're listening to Those Other Girls. I'm Bailey. And I'm Mallory. And we are changing culture and bringing back traditional values. Awesome. So today um, we have a very special guest. We have Luke Migron and he is um, running for office and he is only 27 years old. So he's super young, um, like most of us. And so, yeah. So without further ado, Luke, just tell us a little about who you are, your platform, why you're running, things like that. Awesome. Hello, ladies. Thanks so much for having me. And yes, so uh, who I am, Luke Negron, and uh, my platform is basically based on the idea that I think we need to return to citizen leaders, to statesmen and stateswomen, as opposed to career elitists and Washington insiders, which is never what we were meant to have as a country. And so people do mention my age, sometimes in, in a good light, in a positive light, sometimes in a negative light. And I always hearken back to just the deep history that we have in the United States of young leaders, um, uh, Rutledge, Monroe, uh, Madison, Theodore Roosevelt. Um, these are people who entered politics in their late teens and early 20s. Some of them were declaration signers. And uh, that is why the, the age is so low. It's actually only 25 years old to serve in the U.S. House. That is that's required. And I think that that speaks volumes about what we should expect as Americans from our young leaders and from our leaders as a whole. I think it brings a lot of a a call to uh, modern, informed leadership, a call to transparency, to relating to the people who you're meant to represent, and uh, and those types of things. And I think that we see that rising in popularity on both sides of the issue, Uh, the desire for Washington outsiders, for young people and for multi-ethnic people, all of those are, are boxes that that I think deserve to be checked um, with qualified individuals, and uh, and so that is kind of the impetus behind why I'm doing what I'm doing. I am running against one of those career elitists uh, for over 40 years in politics and uh, 26 years as an incumbent in the same office is what my opponent Mike Doyle has. And uh, that brings me to to hear where I am with you guys. And one of my passions is speaking to young people and and speaking to people who I feel like have kind of lived my life. Like like we've lived the same experiences. We know the modern world. And that is uh, that's why I'm I'm really excited to be here today. Yay. Awesome. And what about do you have tips for maybe some young people who are thinking about running or wanting to run, aren't really sure how to get into it, uh, what they should be doing? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, your due diligence and research is, is always kind of like the it, that's your bread and butter, right? So hopping onto Google, onto Ballotopedia, reading some articles, reading some uh, election codes. It's all super dry, but you have to do it. It's worth it. Um, and you have to know, right, like how to I spent hours finding out how do you declare like, 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 you know, do you go onto your rooftop one day and tell everyone like, like I think Michael Scott does this. He's like, I declare bankruptcy. Right. Do you say like, I'm running for Congress and that's it. And then you're on the ballot. Like it, it, it is this question that everyone's like, people do it, but I don't, I don't know how they do it. Yeah. Um, so look into that. And it differs state to state. Um, also reach out to me anytime. If you want advice, I will, I'm pretty busy these days. Um, but I try to get back to everyone, even if it's a, a quick, a quick answer. Um, 
So reach out to, to not only me, but also then beyond that, something you can really lean heavily on is your network. Build your resume and build your network. So uh, we're talking people who are good with finance, people who are good with social media, people who have connections to local churches, local organizations. You drive by the VFW, the Lions Club, whatever it might be, Rotary Club. Those are organizations, Boy Scouts, people um, who who have a, a finger on the pulse of local business, the local economy. Um, and most of us have a lot more powerful network than we think we do. And this That's isn't... So and, and, it's actually, it's like a very humbling thing to realize, like, I don't have this power, but I know a guy who does. And I know a girl who knows a guy and, and, and like, and it's very cool to see that. So your network, build that up and build your resume. You know, my resume is, um, went to Grove City College, uh, studied political science, national security communications, interned with a lot of grassroots political organizations, interned with the RNC. Uh, I'm an Air Force veteran. And then you kind of put it all together and you're like, okay, I've got pieces here and there that I, I can make a formidable opponent of myself. Um, and, uh, and I think that that's kind of the step forward, build, build yourself up, build your network up, build the people up around you as well. That's awesome. Yeah. Networking is super important. I don't think people realize that your network is how you really get jobs. Like almost all the jobs I've gotten is because of people I've talked to, or like I've built a network. Yeah, exactly. And that's, it pushes you from being just a number or just a name on a resume to being someone who, Hey, my friend, John Smith told me to give this person five minutes of my day. So I'll do it. And it's different then because there's that personal, uh, it's like social proof and a little bit of validation changes the world. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, sorry, last thing on this topic, I just thought of this. So I'm reading, well, I'm finishing up the book, The Defining Decade. And it talks about how in your 20s, there's, you have like two types of networks. You have like your friends that you talk to every day. You guys are pretty much in the same boat. And then you have people who you barely know, but they are, have like these better jobs or um, like bosses that you have, but you build a connection with. And it's talking yeah. about how like, those are the people who you need to be talking to. Those are people who you need to be connecting with. Those are the people like when it comes to a job that can help be a little bit more than your friend because if you and your friend are in the same position then you guys probably can't yeah you probably can't help each other out but yeah and everyone wants it to be their friend right everyone wants it to be like the the guy who's asking you to borrow two bucks for an ice cream cone like they want that to be the guy you build a business with and then you're like i mean maybe sometimes that works for people but maybe it's better to to learn from someone who's already been there done that. right yeah right (laughs) exactly last like serious question and then we'll get to all the fun stuff yeah okay so far what has been the best thing about running for office Ooh, the best thing um the best thing has to be something that i realized only in like the past month i realized i will i wake up in the morning and i'm still doing work like i get tired and, and i have to drive and go to meetings and my voice gets tired and whatever it's still like work in that sense but I wake up in the mornings and I don't feel like I'm going to work in the sense that I think we have all come to know it as as young millennial workers who, who have to go do something that we really don't enjoy to put a roof over our head and food on our tables. And, and there are kind of two different, different uh, definitions of the word work there. And I would really break it down to like your passion and your occupation. And if you can make those the same thing, that's a beautiful thing. And that's what I have right now. Like I am waking up excited to do what I do. And I don't, I, like, I don't feel the way I did about pretty much every other job I've ever had, which is like, I just wish I didn't have to go in today. I just wish I didn't have to give eight to 10 hours of every day to what, you know, X, whatever X is. 
with this, I'm like, I'm excited to go do this. It's awesome. Um, and then along with that comes the people, the relationships, they all feed into that, that scenario. But it's just that internal, um, that satisfaction that I believe as a Christian, it's where I belong. It's my passion. That's the best thing for me right now. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's okay. good. All right, Bailey, you want to get us started on the fun? Sure. Here we go. This is like the, the now we get the like sleepover talk, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you got it. Okay. So we're going to ask you kind of a series, a uh, lightning round of like this or oh. that. So pick, okay. you know, pick your favorite. Okay. Uh, would you rather have chips or popcorn? Oh, chips. Chips. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty easy. Cool. Beach or mountains? Ooh, okay. I love them both, but the beach. The beach consistently edges out the mountains just a little bit. Like, they're both fantastic. I wouldn't hate a vacation to either, but the beach has to win. Yeah, and you can do more at the beach than you can at the mountains. You can, yeah. yeah. And everyone's so happy at the beach. Like, you go to the Mm -hmm. beach, and the only people who are there are there because they want to be there. It's an amazing uh, vibe that you get going to the beach. So, yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's one of my nicknames in in, uh, basic training. They called me Beach Boy because they said... Uh, the, the guys were like, you always look like calm on the exterior. Like we'd all be getting like, you know, uh, reamed out or forced to do tools like physical exercise. And internally, I, I hated being told what to do. I, I did not like it, but I, they thought I seemed like I was like on a beach somewhere. So they called me beach boy. And I love that. <laughs> nice. That's a good nickname. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Are you an introvert or an extrovert? Extrovert. 110%. <laughs> do you know your Myers-Briggs? I do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, okay, can, can we have some fun here? Can I go on a rapture? I want to guess each yes. other. Just from, yeah, I mean, yeah. Bailey, you and I have only known each other for, for like 10 minutes here. <laughs> uh, Mal and I go a little further back, but I'll tell, I'll, well, you guys can guess mine too, and I'll give it to you. So, Bailey, I'm going to guess um, I, S, um, mm, so then uh, it would be T or, right, yeah, T or F, I, S, F, I think. I think Mallory, I was an INFJ, right? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I got like everything wrong. <laughs> you got the introvert, right? Yeah, you got the introvert, right? Okay. Which is actually funny because doing a podcast like this, people assume that I'm more extroverted and I'm very sociable. Like when you know me, yeah. I talk a lot, but I'm I'm much more like I'll stay inside and read a book. I'm a homebody. Yes. Like I don't want to well, go out. You know, <laughs> the best example I've ever heard or, or the, the explanation for this is it's about how you recharge. So if mm-hmm. you go out with your friends to feel like you're relaxing and you're recharging and that's how you get ready for the week, you're an extrovert. And that's entirely me. <laughs> and however, if I'm left alone for a weekend, I feel like I'm drained. I, I feel, I'm like, what, what's the purpose in life? Where am I? My friends. That's what I was gonna I know you're an E. But if you're an I, it's the opposite. It's you love your friends, you love doing podcasts and talking to people, but then you need your you time. You need everyone to shut up and leave you alone alone in your room for, for a, a day or a weekend. So with that, Mal, I'm gonna say E N T J. Close. E N F J. Okay. Hey, that's pretty yeah. good. That one was a bit better. Okay. Yeah, yeah. E N T P. Okay. Okay. Which one do you remember? Like the little person it is. Like I'm Um, the protagonist. I don't, but I remember famous ENTPs, which I I love. Um, uh, Sean Spencer from Psych, uh, Tony Stark from Marvel, um, the Joker from Batman. uh, Those are kind of the big ones, I believe. um, Sherlock Holmes as well. Um, Hmm, Interesting. Yeah, are, are ENTPs. Yeah. So it's it's funny the description you gave of introvert extrovert because when I think about it, so 
I've talked to Mallory about this. I've taken so many personality tests and I always come like somewhere in the middle of everything. Like in an Enneagram, I am like even across the board in like five of the nine. Like I don't have, like, I don't have a personality or I have too many personalities. I'm not sure what it is. The split uh, personality. The Enneagram yeah, I, does confuse me because it's like the percentages, right? It's like 50% yeah. this and I'm like, ah, I, I, I think it's good, but it, it, it's a little bit different than the uh, Myers-Briggs. Yeah. <laughs> but the Myers-Briggs, not scientific. I've taken the Myers-Briggs three or four times and I go back and forth. Sometimes I'll get ENFJ and sometimes I get mm. INFJ and it just mm. depends. Like I'm right yep. on that skirt of like, I yes. love to hang out with my friends and I feel like I do recharge a little bit, but there are definitely <laughs> weekends where I'm like enough. It's the mood. <laughs> yes. I want to stay at home. <laughs> and yeah, it's so true. funny because I'm 87% extroverted. So there's like 12% of me is like, oh, I'll be by myself, <laughs> but I am like completely extroverted, love hanging out with people. Yeah. And I'm like 47, 53. Oh, yeah, that's right down the middle. Yeah, yeah. that is wild. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So that's it. Sorry, I took that down. I, that was supposed to be a lightning round, and it was like this long exposition. No, that's how we like oh, it. That was fun. <laughs> what is your favorite holiday and why? Probably Thanksgiving, um, because it's a little bit more low-key than Christmas. I love Christmas, but Thanksgiving is a little bit more low-key. Um, honestly, I would say more family gets together on Thanksgiving than Christmas. Christmas, yeah. in my experience, is typically just immediate family, if that, because even then, like as my siblings and I got older, we're all spread out. Mm-hmm. Um, so we still try to get together, but Thanksgiving's like... You, your cousins, your cousin's friend who, like, you met when you were six years old. Like, you know, like, everybody gets back together. And yeah. uh, and they have awesome food. I mean, my family always does good food, but Thanksgiving's like, you know, eat till you can't eat anymore. It's like the challenge. So, yeah, that's it. Well, Mallory feels you. She's uh, pretty close to a Thanksgiving baby. Some years she is a Thanksgiving baby. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> November 29th. But my birthday yes. is actually my favorite holiday. But, yeah, Thanksgiving second, though. So, you know. That's good. <laughs> A lucky All baby right. too. Yeah. <laughs> What's the best concert that you've ever been to? You know what? I, I so this one, man, I don't go to many concerts. I wish I did because concerts are so cool. And now I guess they're like maybe a thing of the past with COVID nineteen or whatever. But like, um, I I wish I could have gone to a country concert because I feel like that would be my favorite. I'm a pretty they're big fun. country fan. That literally the last concert I went to, I think, was like a, something called Creation Fest, which is like Christian music. Yes. Um, it was actually in Central PA. And my favorite band at the time, I think, was like Reliant K. And my sisters loved, loved Switchfoot. And I saw both of them live. And they were both oh, really good live. Um, yeah. But like that, and that was like 2005. So wow. I oh. think that's the last one I went to. Yeah. Well, when COVID sad. lets things open back up, you need to go see some concerts because they're I do. fun. I really do. It's <laughs> yeah. on the bucket list. Good. I think they're having them. You just have to be in your car, which is a little weird, but huh. it's not as fun. Like if I can drive in movie. So yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> basically. Mosh pit is just cars slamming into each other. <laughs> Buy a junker just to go down and take it to knock out fights in the parking lot. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. What do you think would be the most fun date to go on? Most fun date to go on. All right. I'm going to take it a little bit down the road. So rather than like a first date thing here, here's what I'm uh-huh. going to say. I think it would be an impromptu trip with your boyfriend or girlfriend um, who like, you're not planning it and you guys maybe on a weekend, on a whim, whatever, or, or you're 
maybe during the week, you decide to call in sick and either go like camping or hiking or even get a little crazy with it. Buy like $100 tickets down to Florida and just go for a weekend. It's just like, you know what? I think we've been working a lot. Let's just go. We're going to take two or three days and then just make it up as you go. Then backpack through wherever you go, camp, whatever, something like that. That's my style. Okay. Wow. I like yeah. that. Spontaneous. Yes. Yes. Well, ladies, he's single. So just uh, <laughs> FYI. <laughs> I've been married too long. I'm like, I forget what, like, I mean, like you said, it's down the road. Like, I guess we could do spontaneous trips. That's yeah. not my style at all. I'm much more of a planner. Like if I don't have a solid itinerary, I'm not going. My husband's all for the, let's just hit the road and go. Um, There's that Myers-Briggs classification. <laughs> You're too orderly. I, I, I'm like the, the master of, of, uh, of, impromptu living it and you're like I want it by the book and that's just yeah different different strokes for different folks you know and that's where again I'm split because I'm like that when it comes to vacations I'm like I have to plan my outfits my hair my makeup like everything has to be planned but Um, at home I'm like so disorganized I don't clean a lot like I'm not like a type a personality at home but like vacation time oh my gosh like give me interesting give me a list and I'm I'm your girl so fair enough I yeah. feel like I'm the exact opposite of that. Like, <laughs> I would love a spontaneous trip. That would be fun. But, like, well, I don't know, though, because I also do like to plan. I think I'm a mixture. Like, I, if you could tell me that we're going to do a spontaneous trip, that would be perfect, actually. <laughs> that would be the ideal. <laughs> you give me a heads up and then make it spontaneous. Yeah. yeah. If you give me, like, okay, this surprise, and I love it. That's okay. Yeah. Mally, what if I said we're going to go somewhere? with warm weather in the next couple of weeks pack a bag and that way you're prepared yes also you don't know where or when i dig that that's perfect yeah Yeah, that's pretty cool i can be prepared because i mean spontaneous is fun absolutely love it but you know anything can happen so like if you're like okay hey we're packing up tonight you know what if i need to bring my bathing suit like i'd like to have a list of all the things that i need you know so that would be that's true. And that's where I think it's easier. It, like that spontaneous lifestyle is easier on, on the guys. Cause frankly, we just For have sure. less back, right? We have less clothes. We don't have any makeup. Uh, we'll wash our hair with a bar of soap. Like that's just how it is for girls. Right? <laughs> bar of soap. Oh my God. Oh, I, I've done that probably a, a thousand times, but, but nice. yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the fun of men and women. Uh, that is, yeah, that is. That's why we compliment each other. We're not going to meet in the middle. Compliment. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. What mm. is the biggest issue that you think we're facing in the U.S. and the country? Ooh. Okay. The single biggest issue I'd have to say is the umbrella issue that that kind of trickles down to all these others. And it's the rising popularity and acceptance of socialism. Mm-hmm. which is re- which truly leads to to communism they're one and the same and then so under that comes um abolishment of private property right uh, defunding the police um actual segregation which we see people calling for now like they're calling for it because for equality but it's segregation it's cutting you know mexicans over here you know uh, his, other hispanics here whites here blacks here it's terrible um it, it comes down to um squelching private business um, all of these things are, are within the socialist movement, uh, pro-abortion, right? Um, so the umbrella that that all of those are building towards, though, is, is a, a centralized uh, authoritarian socialist uh, leadership, which I think is, is really dangerous. Yeah. So speaking on that, I just thought of another question in that category. What do you think we can do to help with that? What do you think there are some things that like we as like young adults can 
um, stop socialism or stop, I don't know, like mm. anything along those lines? I think it's, it's all about personal, um, personal relationships because uh, like you can have the best leaders, uh, and they're not going to, they're going to be hindered if the population doesn't, doesn't believe in, uh, the basic tenets of, of freedom. Um, and, and then if that population continues, then you're never going to have good leaders because we have a voting system. Right. So, so like, it's all about these personal relationships between you and your friends, you and your family, speaking the truth to them, as the Bible says, right? Like speaking truth in love. So mm-hmm. being loving, but also not not uh, refraining from sharing hard truths with them at the same time. And um, and this goes for for all of the relationships that you have in the workplace, um, your your romance life, right? Your family life. Those are the people who are first up at bat for you being able to impact their lives. And, um, and if we each impacted the top 12 people who we interact with the most, that spider web grows awfully fast, right? Like if I do that with 12 people and then they do that with the 12 people who they interact with the most, and we're, we're actually challenging thoughts and and we're bringing facts to the table and we're building these relationships built on trust that are, but not just pandering. So it's like, it's a trust. And when I challenge you, you know, I'm challenging you because I care and because we love each other. That type of a thing is is extremely contagious and it's a good thing. Uh, I think that's what we can all do. That's awesome. And do you think you're seeing that more in your bubble and around you? Do you feel like you're seeing more um, millennials, Gen Z starting to do that, take the silent majority out of their silence, so to speak? Yeah, I think uh, more so actually in Gen Z. Uh, so I'm a millennial, right? I'm 27 years old. Gen Z, I guess, is what between like 15 and 25 or so. Um, 24. 24. Oh, there, <laughs> there we go. I'm 25. I'm a millennial. I'm, I'm, I'm right like, on no, the. No. I just turned 24 on Wednesday, so I'm right on the cusp of between Gen Z, Gen Z and millennial. <laughs> Again, like everything, I'm in the middle. <laughs> that's true. That's like yeah, that's your your motto. Um, but so. I think Gen Z is uh, a little bit more passionate and more decidedly independent in their thought than millennials. I think millennials, uh, and this is sad for me to see, they're kind of like this this um, dark generation where there was like radio silence on good communication. And maybe it's because we were kind of the guinea pigs for a lot of this stuff that we see happening. Uh, oh, a lot sure. of the increase in, in, um, in uh, bias in schools and then a lot of the first social media waves we're all what we were hit with when we were like 10 to 12 years old. And we kind of had to figure those out on our own. Now there's a little bit more of a culture around it, a little bit more of a, a healthy awareness around how to deal with these new technologies. Uh, we were kind of hit with, with all of that uh, as very young individuals. And maybe that's, I'm just spitballing here. That might be some of why I think my generation's kind of stuck in perpetual adolescence and, and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of um, a, a lack of, of uh, passion in life, passion for your job, passion for your family, passion for your God. I, I mean, these are things that I don't see a ton in millennials, but I do in Gen Z. Gen Z is, I think, a step up. So that's good. Mm, that's an interesting perspective. Because yeah. Okay, so Ali, <laughs> I, well, I just wonder, because yesterday Ali Stuckey posted that Gen Z will be the first generation to vote that wasn't alive for 9-11. It's wild. So at this point, yeah. we have people that are 18 and 19 that weren't alive for 9-11 and can vote in this election cycle. So do you feel like that's going to have an effect where they haven't seen? I mean, they're not learning all of the history that we learned because we were alive. You know, they're mm-hmm. not getting that. I mean, even I was only five when 9-11 happened. And so I felt like I was too young to really understand it at the time. Mm. But I was also too 
uh, old that they didn't have it in the history textbooks yet. We didn't learn it in school. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't in the curriculum. Right, so I right. kind of got passed by with that. And I just wonder how much we're actually teaching our kids about what's happened in the past, how, how history is being taught these days. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'll be really interested to see. I, I kind of um, I'm not a big numbers guy, but when I see numbers, tables and data broken down in percentages and, and blocks like that, that's what I, I kind of nerd out on uh, getting there myself. I'm not big on, on, on <laughs> the hard sciences. Um, so but I would be really interested to see how they vote and also what what their social tendencies are, mm-hmm. um, because, yeah, these are people who grow up reading and, and hearing about 9-11 in a similar way to how we heard about like Pearl Harbor. It, mm-hmm. It's something, it's this kind of non-physical thing. You know, you can't put your hands on it. You can't relate to it because it happened before you existed. So you're like, yeah, that happened in the past. And that's what it is for them. Whereas for all of us, we have some kind of personal, uh, tangible memory tied to that day and tied to everything that happened, how the world changed after that. Right. Right. Uh, so I would be really interested to see, and I don't know how they'll, how they'll uh, react. Yeah. But- yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking when you were talking Gen Z. I'm like, I, I don't know yet. Like we haven't had, mm-hmm. this will be the first election. So we'll start to see where the young vote is going, what they're thinking, what yeah. they're doing. So, yeah. And well. I always remind myself too that social media is a little different than like real life. People are <laughs> super loud on social media. Um, but when it comes to what people do in the booth, it's a little different. And I mean, the best example was the 2016 election. I mean, I remember um, in undergrad, so I was an undergrad at Seton Hall in New Jersey. And I remember people didn't really talk about it that much. I talked about it because I'm just, I love politics. So, you know, mm-hmm. what else mm-hmm. I want to talk about? Um, but I remember after it was over, seeing all these different posts from people that were saying, hey, y'all, let's give Trump a chance. Well, I actually mm-hmm. voted for Trump and this is and that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa, I had no idea you guys are even conservatives. But I think people... Um, what people do in the voting booth is very different than what they would say out loud too. Uh, oh, hundred percent. I think you have a lot of people who will like, you know, look over both shoulders, make sure that no one's behind them. And then like yeah. privately check a box in the voting booth. Like they yeah. don't want anyone to know. <laughs> and legitimately though, because they're with good reason, because they're scared that they don't want to be mm-hmm. called all these names. They don't want to be physically attacked. You know, yeah. they don't want to be blacklisted from their communities and and that's what we're seeing happening. So uh, that is something that that's a, a real thing where where the the vote and the outward expression are sometimes two very different things. Yeah, and you know along the lines of that too. When I went campaigning, like two or three weeks ago, we knocked on this lady's door and we we're like, "Hey, um, we're just here campaigning for the people we were campaigning for," yeah. and um, she was like, um, "Well, I, I don't." Can I, I don't know, should I answer? Should I let you guys in? Is it, this isn't a, a trick or anything? And I was like, no, I promise you. She was like older too. I was like, no, yeah. I promise you. Like we're, we're, we're nice you know, people. We're yeah, nice. we're nice people. We're just passing out this literature and everything. And, and right. I think people are like genuinely, like she thought we were like trying to trick her. Like, cause she was going to mm. say somebody and then we were going to, someone was going to jump out and like beat her. So I don't know, but she was like legitimately afraid. People are scared. People yeah. Are really scared these days. Cause it's yeah. not just. You know, in the old days, politics was like, you know, we talk about tax codes and we talk about some international warfare and stuff. And it was a little bit more re- removed. But now politics are so personal. We're like, yes. if you don't like my politics, you don't like me. You don't yeah. like who I am. And so now I'm going to hate you or attack you. And, and people are scared. It's yeah. a shame. 
Yeah, it really is. And that's why I think things like this and like, you know, you speaking out, Bailey and I both speaking out, I think that's super important because there are people who want to say something. I've actually had people message me before and say, hey, I really do. Like, I appreciate what you're doing. I want to say something, but I can't because of X, Y, and Z. So I think it's really good to have people like us, like representing people and like making people feel like they're not alone too. Because I think also too, I know I felt this way in undergrad because a lot of my, well, the reality is none of my friends were Mm -hmm. conservative. And um, we would have conversations and sometimes I'd be like, oh, am I wrong? Like, yeah, no, I know I'm right. But like, am I? Because everybody, everything I said, everybody like, you know, had a report for. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's good to have people who do speak out. So it can just also remind you like, hey, you're not crazy. Oh, it's so valuable. It it is so valuable for us, too. I mean, I'm sure there are times when we see and and need to hear other people speaking out because it's easy to feel alone and it's easy to fold under pressure and, and to feel just that uh, that outward weight of what's going on and the lies that are being sold. And, and you, you do kind of second guess yourself sometimes. And uh, that's why I love doing stuff like this with other outspoken individuals. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So before we close, I just thought of one more, this or that. Yeah. Um, good. I'm I love these. Very interested in what you're going to say. Um, apple cider. Or pumpkin spice? <laughs> this is really easy for me. It's apple cider. Uh, no. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not a white girl. I don't wear Uggs. And, and uh, you know, I don't think that liking autumn is a personality trait. So so apple cider. <laughs> wow. Okay, that last part was a you little... Just, okay. I, I was right there with you until that last the part. Core, man. That was, you hit me to the no, core, man. You hit me to the core. No, it's Those all it's all, all of my things. Uh, yeah. Did I get you? I got, I oh, got yeah. you, did I? I'm, I'm the whitest girl on the planet. I wear Ugg boots. I drink pumpkin spice lattes. Like, I sing Taylor Swift in the shower. Like, oh, I'm gosh. I'm yeah, that girl. Kind no, of here, here's, truth be told, I do love autumn. I, I do. And, and actually, <laughs> autumn also is a great time to take pictures because the golden hour in autumn, I'm actually going to go take some now as we're coming into autumn. So That's I awesome. do get some of it. I make fun of people. Um, and pumpkin spice is like fine. I just don't get the, I don't get the like, everything is pumpkin spice thing. Like, like you know? That's fair. Yeah, um, no, I agree with you. I'm apple cider all the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I've always loved apple cider. And you can yeah. spice it up a bit, you know, a little yeah. cinnamon. Like, yeah, yeah it, it's, uh, it's it's pretty quality stuff. Nutmeg, yeah. Okay, right, so... I'll well, forgive you for that. <laughs> quick apple cider question. Cold or hot? Ooh, um, it, it depends. If it's a cold oh. autumn day, especially as we get towards winter, it, hot is better. And especially when it's, like, outside, if you're... Mm-hmm. Here's, here's the perfect way to consume hot, in my, my opinion. You're okay. at a corn maze. It's a little bit cold out. You've got some friends on. you got on, like, a vest or a hoodie. And it's cold enough that your fingers feel it, but warm enough that you're having fun outside. And then there's, like, an outdoor booth with a hot apple cider. That's like, yes. But then if I just go into my kitchen, I want to get a glass of, of cold apple cider. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. There, there, there's my, my very, very two-sided uh, <laughs> answer there. Very, uh, that was, that very that was a very politician answer, yeah. yes. <laughs> Right. And that's that what I was like, thinking. The when only you more political thing I could have said is like, let me answer that question with a question, right? Like, exactly. <laughs> How do you like it, Mallory? What do you think is the best? Because I got to know my audience. <laughs> yes, yeah, tell. Yeah, Bailey, how do you like? Do you like apple cider? I know you like pumpkin spice more than apple cider, but do you like yeah. apple cider at all? I like apple cider, and I 
either way, hot or cold, like, like he said, it's kind of depends. Like if I'm mm. freezing and I'm cold, I want a nice hot cup of apple cider. Yeah. But like, I'm never going to say no to a cold glass at home. Like that sounds yeah. Good. yeah. Right on. Okay. See, I, I only agree. like it hot. It tastes weird. Really? Cold. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, See, I like everything like cold. Juice. Like if I if I have coffee or iced coffee, it's iced coffee. Like I, I go for everything cold until yeah. it's cold outside. Then I'm like, okay, I guess I'll have a warm cup That's of coffee true. or whatever. Uh, I love but... like I love my blended iced coffees. Those are those are oh, I mean they're so sugary good. and they're bad for me, but they're they're amazing. That's uh, my <laughs> that's favorite. Okay. We all got to have a treat once in a while, right? Yes, <laughs> yes, that's right. I have to limit myself though, especially when I'm driving all the time these days. I find myself like I'll go to Dunkin' Donuts drive-thru today. And then like two hours later in the day, I'm driving down. I'm like, yeah, I could do like a little flurry shake or something here. And, and I'm just sitting in the car, you know, consuming all of these sweets. And uh, I do, I need to work it off. Okay. So last thing for real. No, these said, are good. These are good. <laughs> you said Dunkin' Donuts. So do you prefer Dunkin' Donuts over Starbucks? Um, I wouldn't. Yeah. Yes. I, I guess okay. so. It's like a soft yes. And here's why though. Not because I would say like Dunkin' Donuts tastes better than Starbucks. Rather, I would just say they're so comparable in like their product and Dunkin' Donuts is cheaper that I'm like, mm-hmm. why not go Dunkin' Donuts? Like, yeah. but if someone gets me Starbucks, I'm not like, oh, I want Dunkin' coffee. You know, like either one is fine. Okay. I'm just curious. Yeah. yeah. That's a good question. Thank you. Thank you. See, and I, I, I always... Like maybe- Oh, crispy cream donuts, is that a thing here? Yes. Here yeah. in North Carolina, up north, there's Krispy Kreme? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Maybe a lot of them. I know they overexpanded a while ago and closed down a lot of shops. But yeah. I know as a kid in PA, like I'd go to church and I I, I would see uh, Krispy Kremes and we'd go there. And like they used to do this thing where they give, I think they give like a free glazed donut to kids. For or every like A. Yep. Yeah. That was uh, in high school. Yeah, those are delicious. Okay, so that's what I asked, because I'm from Albuquerque, New Mexico, and so we had Krispy Kremes there. Y'all had Krispy Kremes there, too? Yeah. (laughs) Wait. Yeah. I don't They're know. everywhere. It's everywhere. Okay, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, so I, I always wonder, do people like Krispy Kreme or Dunkin' better as far as donuts go? Not coffee, but donuts. Oh, Krispy Kreme. Mm. Okay. Oh, for me, like, that's not even close. Like, yeah. Because like, yeah, Krispy Kreme. I thought Kreme, I was like, the only one. I was like, why does everyone like Dunkin'? Okay, it's just for their coffee. No, God. yeah, because <laughs> like, you can literally see them being made, right? And you can yeah. get them hot and stuff. Like, they're amazing. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's good to know. Good information. Big sucker for that. Yeah. yeah. What's your favorite kind of donut? Mm-hmm. Um, I I do really like like a fresh, hot glazed donut. But yeah. then if we're going to go for a colder donut, I like the cream filled and not, mm. not, um, what's it called? Um, not filled with pudding or whatever. Like some of them have like the Boston pudding in the middle. cream one. You don't like the Boston cream. I think Boston cream's like the thicker that is the cream I like. Like okay. it's not the one that tastes like it's just got vanilla pudding in the middle. That's not the one I like. I like the one that tastes like it's got like almost like thicker cool whip in the middle, kind of if that makes sense. Okay. Or like mm-hmm. cake frosting in the middle. You know? Oh, those are good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That type of stuff. That's that's a uh, killer. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I'm not the biggest donut fan, but I would prefer Krispy Kreme over Dunkin'. But to be honest, I can't remember the last time I went to Krispy Kreme. Yeah, same, same. I know. You need to go get donuts one of these yeah. mornings. And yeah, it'll be great. I just don't like plain meet, donuts. Meet halfway from Albuquerque. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I'm in North Carolina with her now. I'm just from ah. from Albuquerque originally. I moved here in May, so I'm still nice. new. Nice. The Carolinas yes. are awesome. As as a beach lover, that is uh, that's the way to go. 
Yeah, I got I to gotta learn the South. I'm still really unfamiliar with like everything that's here. <laughs> yes, the South is where it's at, everyone. Once you're finished your political run, move down to the South. Everything is nicer. People are I so do nice. love the South. Yeah. I, yeah, no, you're preaching. I mean, I, I got to say Southern culture, Southern beaches, um, the food. food? Mm-hmm. It's really good. And I'll say we call like Central PA here like Pennsylvania because it really is very, very um, uh, country in its orientation. But um, and so like we've adopted a lot of that and kind of like the working class, you know, Midwest style. It's not terribly different from the South, but I love the South. Uh, Bama, the Carolinas, uh, Florida. I've been to a few times this year. Um, it's a special place, definitely. And the politics, you know, gotta love them. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but we're, you know, we're turning blue. But hopefully, we'll figure out. Right, I think Stop we're purple that. right now, right? Probably. I think, I think. Here's a prediction: North Carolina goes red this year. I, I hope so. It. Yeah. Hey, I moved out of Albuquerque because there's no hope of that place turning red. I mean, I always hope that there's hope, but I've never once voted there and seen it go red. So hopefully. New Mexico and Colorado are, are two places that like I oh. wish were red, but I just see them kind of as too far gone at this point. Yeah. yeah California like, too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, New yeah. Mexico's yeah. New Mexico's like fifty years democratic. Like there's just <laughs> there's just no hope. So yeah. So um no, we're excited. And it, Pennsylvania, are you guys typically blue or uh, it, it's hard to say. So I guess we would right now be considered a blue state because our mayor is Democratic. Okay. Um, but really, uh, if you look at, at the geography, it's overwhelmingly red. And really, it's it's Philly and um, uh, Harrisburg that are mm-hmm. the, the deep blue areas. Um, and then the weird part is we got a Democrat mayor, but we went for Trump in 2016. So it, okay. it's a it's a swing state very much. Oh, cool. So. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, awesome. Uh, is there anything else that you'd want to say before we close out, wrap up? Uh, just please reach out negron2020.com, N-E-G-R-O-N 2020.com. Um, all of my social media is linked there. If you scroll to the bottom of the page, you'll see um, uh, t- uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and I think also an Amazon page where we've got like team shirts for sale and stuff. So if you want to reach out to me, that's probably the best central place to find all of my contact. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for taking the time. Yeah, thank you, you thank you, thank you. All right, y'all, you've been listening to Those Other Girls. Thank you for listening to Those Other Girls with Mallory and Bailey. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Head over to our website, thoseothergirls.com, to read our blogs and receive exclusive content. And connect with us on Instagram at Those Other Girls Podcast and on Twitter at TOG underscore podcast. Those are the girls changing culture and bringing back traditional values.
Thank you for listening to Those Other Girls with Mallory and Bailey. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Head over to our website, thoseothergirls.com, to read our blogs and receive exclusive content. And connect with us on Instagram, at thoseothergirlspodcast, and on Twitter, at TOG underscore podcast. Those are the girls changing culture and bringing back traditional values.